Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor, send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network, grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. Welcome to Brown's Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR and Cleveland.com. Coming at you guys late in the week here. Wanted to discuss a little bit more draft. We are just two weeks out from the 2019 draft. A lot still to happen in these two weeks. Right in the thick of Masters Week. Right in the thick of the debut for Game of Thrones coming up Sunday. You guys know how interested I am in that. I wanted to try to bring on as many different opinions as we can. If you have not already checked out the Prospect Series, we've covered every, every position possible. Uh, coming up into this draft, we do have one more position offensive line, which we will get to next week. But when I get the chance to pull people who have done sort of more comprehensive studies, I try to do that as often as I can and have everybody as prepared as possible for the draft. So keep your eyes out for that. Keep your eyes out for more offensive line discussion next week, which is obviously something I want to get into as the Browns at pick 49. We'll probably have offensive tackle somewhere in their plans, uh, whether that's sitting at 49, moving around, we will see. That'll certainly be a point of discussion today, and I want to dig deep into some of those prospects. On the true Browns front, not much to discuss. Morgan Burnett, we discussed uh, just last week in the podcast where we did the mock draft. We will have a couple more mock drafts coming up. I know that those are of interest to a lot of people, and I hope you enjoy the thought process that goes into those. So I will bring on two new guests for that uh, this week. We will do three of those in total leading up to the draft over the next two weeks. So hopefully if you guys have anything you want to know, anything you're interested in, just let me know on the Brownsville Breakdown Twitter channel and I will certainly add those. Um, the idea for the for the mock draft with the live event deal sort of happened through a Twitter suggestion from somebody who follows. So I, uh, I'm open to any and all suggestions and hopefully we get uh, as many questions answered as we as we possibly can. Before we get to today's guest though, I want to talk to you guys one more time about Ethos Life Insurance. We know how stressful life can be. Last thing you guys want to be doing is looking up life insurance and that's where Ethos can step in. It's a modern kind of life insurance guy, super fast, incredibly affordable and extremely uncomplicated. At getethos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply and you can rest assured knowing that you've taken the steps to protect your family and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. So having life insurance can free you guys from stress. I know that that's a problem for us as we start our family. Uh, Ethos Life Insurance made that easy for us, can make your life easy as well. So discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote. Submit your free complete application in just minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S, getethos.com, getethos.com. And now to our guest. All right, welcome back, guys. Pretty pumped to bring on Danny Kelly. You can find Danny Kelly's work at Danny B. Kelly. He is the Ringers draft guru. Uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, the Ringers <laughs> yeah. network and, and all of the work they do covering a vast majority of things. I'm locked in, Danny, right now to the Game of Thrones stuff, personally. Oh, yeah, that's, me too. <laughs> binge, mode, binge mode is my crutch, man, because like I, d- yeah. d- everybody who kind of follows me, or at least this corner of the Browns universe knows, I, I just started watching Game of Thrones like... 
the beginning of March and I oh, yeah? knocked it Holy all cow. out in three weeks. So yeah, like everything is, I miss so you can only, it's not a show meant to be binged. Obviously most people know that, but like for your, <laughs> for, for your first time. So I'm just like binge emoting my face off, trying to make sure I understand everything going into Sunday. So that's nice. That's been a treat. Did you, yeah. Go have ahead. you listened to the podcast at all? Yeah. Binge yeah. Podcast? yeah. Man, it is. That is good. I have to just plug that because it's amazing. It's like it's a whole new world, man. Like this yeah. this whole thing is a world of things that I didn't know go well beyond the show. Obviously, the books are out there and people get into it, but like I think Mallory does it right. Um, yeah, yeah. Mallory and Jason Concepcion. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Mallory used to be my editor, actually. She's she's moved on to uh, more important things, obviously, with binge mode. But um, <laughs> she's awesome. So yeah. Huge, huge plug for that. That's like that right now really should be your top priority. The draft is two weeks away. We're fine. Yeah. Well, I've, I've ranked all of these April. It's <laughs> master's week and you get all of the, uh, Sunday you get back into game of Thrones and then you're planning on end game at the end of the month. April's too much. They packed all, all of it. Into <laughs> seriously, month. seriously. It's crazy, man. All right. But yeah, let's talk draft. So, um, the big question for Browns fans will be, and things have gotten a little murky. I would say Danny, that things were pretty clear. A couple weeks ago, when they still had Emmanuel Agba and they hadn't uh, signed Morgan Burnett, that safety was priority one in this draft. But they've they've changed that. They traded for Eric Murray from Kansas City. Obviously, like I just said, they signed Morgan Burnett. Where do you sort of see them going? Uh, picks forty nine and eighty. If you sort sort of look at their roster, what the needs are, your opinion for what makes the most sense, players that you might think make the most sense for Cleveland at those two spots. So I think in that range. And I've been saying this for a while. I think that the, this this draft, the kind of character of the draft is there's a very big plateau, I, I want to say, from like pick maybe 20-something, 20 22 or 3, all the way into like 50 or 60, where there's a very just good group of players all the way through there. And, and I think a lot of those guys could fall, go, like could jump into the first round or a lot of them could fall into the second round. Um, I think there's a, just a plateau of very good players. I think a couple of positions that are really strong that kind of might fit what the Browns need in that area is cornerback. Uh, uh, you know, I think obviously th- there's some talent on that team in terms of cornerback. Obviously, Ward is uh, potentially going to be a superstar. Um, but I think you could probably, you know, add some depth, add some future, um, you know, depth and, and talent to that group. And I think there's a lot of guys in that area um, at that cornerback position that could be good. And obviously, like you said, Morgan Burnett, you know, that's a short-term kind of band-aid but i think the safety position too could be a position that they look at um there and you know and to try and kind of like upgrade things there and i think actually there's a few linebackers in that range i think that could um could stand out i think too so those those positions to me defensively um are kind of like the the meat of that range and i we could talk about specific guys but i think those those kind of positions stand out yeah what do you think of a couple guys i want to ask you about people in cleveland are pretty at least, you know, the, the Twitter market area realm kind of things here are, are, are <laughs> very interested in Justin Lane. He's become a popular mm-hmm, name. Mm-hmm. And then I think another name that sort of falls into that pick 49 might be Julian Love, Notre Dame kid. What do you know about those yeah. two? What do you like? So Justin Lane, I think, has gotten tons of hype over the last couple of weeks. He's really picked up a lot of steam. You know, obviously very good athlete, uh, got some length to him, um, fiery player. I think he's he's a little bit raw. Um, you know, he, when he moves around, like, especially in off coverage, when he moves around, he looks a little bit like jointed and, and, and like just a little bit unsure of himself at times. But, um, you know, I think if he's, 
if he's at the line of scrimmage and and pressing a guy, he's, he's very confident. He's very um, aggressive as in a coverage guy. And I think those top tier, um, the like his ability, his athletic ability is is really what stands out to me. He's he's just a very fast, long, um, you know, aggressive cornerback prospect. And I think all those all those traits are definitely projectable to the next level. I think you know there's there's obviously some holes in his game. Gave up some big plays at times. Um, but I think a lot of coaches are probably going to look at him and think he, they can mold him into like a really, really good player. So I, I really like Justin Lane. Um, and then Julian Love was the other one you mentioned, right? Yeah. He, he's just sticky. Like he, he's just a really sticky coverage guy. I think he could play on the inside. Um, you know, I think he's, he's a little bit smaller. 5'11", 195, I believe he's listed at. So he's a little bit on the smaller side. I don't know if teams are going to see him on the outside or the inside, but um, I think he brings that versatility and you know he's just he's just a savvy uh you know savvy athletic he, he he might like a little bit of like long speed but like really quick in the short area he actually kind of reminds me a little bit of byron murphy i think byron murphy's better but um just in the way that he, he's like maybe not quite the most explosive long speed guy but very quick and savvy and, and instinctive in the short area good ball skills all that stuff so I like him a lot. I comped, I comped him to Casey Hayward. A little bit reminds me of him, just in mm. short area quicks, um, just ability to kind of like stick to guys in their routes, and, and I, I like that about him a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Both those guys are fascinating, and I think that there's a chance both are there, and if they want to go corner, those two make, at least to me, and there's other names of guys that I think are very good corners too, but um, those those two, at least based on – Steve Wilkes defense make make a ton of sense. Uh, another position you mentioned, Danny linebacker. You know, after the Devons go, which is going to happen, I would think relatively quickly, or at least the minimum first round. You're looking at probably, a, I, I would say, a relatively significant fall off. But I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Um, who's your sort of next tier guys? Maybe maybe those next two or three linebackers to round out your top five. So I was actually going to ask you your opinion on have you watched much Mac Wilson from Alabama? Yeah, man, it's like a mix to me it's a mixed bag. Like the 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 re-diagnose <laughs> yeah. stuff is not good. Not the way you want it to be in terms of just fluidity and feel for as guys are down blocking, where do I need to step up and fill? Gap exchange yep, stuff yep. I think gives him problems sometimes. Um but but at the same time has a nose for the football that you can't always teach. So Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious. I, I've I've got some guys that I like, but I, I'm always fascinated to know somebody who you know studies this stuff. Sort of what your your next tier of guys. Joe Giles Harris is another guy I love. So I haven't dug super deep into like the 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 linebacker position in general. I the, I don't like Mac Wilson particularly. He, to me, when I was watching his tape, it kept just being very frustrated, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just misstepping, going in the wrong direction, um, mi- taking bad angles, missing missing tackles, things like that. I mean. There, there are definitely traits that you like, but to me, Mac Wilson, it, it's a little bit surprising to see um, people talking him up so much, like as the third linebacker in this class. A couple guys to me that stand out, um, and potentially this guy actually could could be a pretty good fit with the Browns. I think is uh, Jermaine Pratt from NC State. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've watched him very much, but he's sort of um, He's a little bit longer. He's he's raw. He's a former safety, so he he converted from safety. He's about six two two forty. Um, I really like how he he flies around. He's very aggressive. He's very fat. Like he's very rangy. Um, he is a very good blitzer. I think you could use him as a situational pass rusher at times. Um, 
his way to kind of knife through and, and avoid blocks and um, even just kind of rush off the edge. He's, he's a very versatile guy. Um, kind of Tested reminds me really of that sense. well, too. Yeah, he actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he kind of actually reminds me a little bit of Shaq Thompson. But um, So he, he's a guy that, that I think is really intriguing. He takes on blocks way too upright, though. Like, that's the thing. When you're watching his tape, he, like, almost leans back when he's, you know, like a like if an offensive lineman is meeting him in the open field, he's almost, like, leaning back and trying to, like, escape by, like, getting around him somehow. So he, he needs to learn how to take on blocks. I think that'll come. Um, but to me, he's very athletic and, and kind of rangy. Um, with a lot of potential there. I like him. And then <clears throat> Blake Cashman from Minnesota is another intriguing guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play in the middle or not. And then NFL, more, he might be more of like a weak side linebacker, but um, another very good athlete who flies around, seems to have very good instincts. He, he's a fundamental tackler. Um, he's good at like avoiding blocks and getting around blocks, I think. And so um, those are kind of my next two guys. I think the, the, sort of the second tier of linebacker because I think Bush and White are, are head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, no doubt. I think if the Browns are looking for somebody to sort of supplement that strong side position, uh, fill in Sam if they don't feel great about Jannard Avery, Jermaine Pratt makes a lot of sense. And then the Will, Christian Kirksey's dealing with a couple years of poor performance coming off a season-ending injury, and I really like Blake Cashman. So I imagine Cashman's shooting up boards. I wouldn't imagine he's there much later than the the mid to yeah. the second round. So that could yeah. be if they they fall in love with him, that could be a guy they move up to get. And speaking of which, if the Browns do uh, have that sort of feeling to move up into the late first round, it's sort of been a topic that John Dorsey has danced around. Adam Schefter's podcast, he didn't uh, didn't sort of throw that idea out of the window. So yeah. if you're looking at it players that you think I don't know I know there's that idea that the Browns saw 15 first round players and didn't necessarily see anybody at the end of the the draft or sorry the end of the first round that made sense for them as sort of a first round lock grade but having said that if they fall in love with somebody is there someone you could see them moving back up into the first round to take well let me let me ask you this is is there what is the confidence level around Greg Robinson right now is he a long-term left tackle for them it's a good question. They're, they're, they, they, it's it's a million-dollar question, multi-million-dollar yeah. question up there. They obviously found a good medium for both of them. I think Greg Robinson thinks that he's figured it out. Spent mm-hmm. time um, with Charles Bentley in his school in the offseason and really went to work on changing himself as a football player. When they signed him before 2018, I was like, this is just a throwaway. Maybe they're doing an agent a favor. <laughs> right. Like it, I just didn't see a, round, a possibility in which Greg Robinson com, you know, competed for actual spot in the football team. But then they started – this was in the preseason when they were still moving Betonio out to left tackle, and the left guard was Austin Corbett to try to figure out. Corbett didn't necessarily give them enough comfort. They start Desmond Harrison. It was a start that was okay, and then it fell off completely by week yeah. eight with Pittsburgh. And then they started him, as you know, and – he was okay. I think that they were aided by Mayfield's ability to, and it was better than I was as high on Baker as anybody could be, but his ability to escape, elude, and feel within a pocket. How do I escape yeah. high yeah. upfield pressure? He, I mean, he was good, and he threw on the run better than anybody expected him. So the confidence to me is it's in between. Like, I think Greg thinks, okay, I've really figured this out. I have a quarterback who can help me be a better tackle. I need more money. The Browns don't want to invest that money because Greg Robinson could go back to being the former Greg Robinson, and then you've thrown a, a, a maybe a four-year, $32 million deal, whatever hypothetical sense you want to do. They've thrown that money away, and they they, they need something more solid at left tackle. So they said, hey, you know, we'll give you the best offensive staff, the best line coach that we could come up with with James Campen, and you, you, you figure it out. And if you figure it out for a whole 16 games and you perform like you did – 
we'll meet again at the end of 2019 and we'll talk long-term deal. That's where they're at. They are, I think that they are very interested in somebody that can do both tackle positions. Somebody mm-hmm. like Cody Ford is interesting to me. That was um, what because, I was, that's what I had in my mind. Yeah. yeah him and, him and Andre Dillard are, if they start falling like into the early twenties, yeah, I could Dillard. see that being a move up moment. Yeah, Dillard, Dillard's fun, a ton of dropbacks, and then a pass-heavy system that I think Todd Monken's going to bring in and mesh with Freddie. It makes a ton of sense. Dillard had like 900 straight drops off of four-man pressure and, and true yeah. pass situations, and he was fantastic. You know, the run game stuff's obviously a concern. That's what's fascinating to me about Juwan Taylor is sort of like he's a run game mauler, but in a game that's going away from that, he doesn't necessarily yeah. thrive in pass. Pro- anyway, that's a different topic for a different day. But I think that the Browns <laughs> are really interested in that because the right tackle position with Hubbard was very uneven as well. So that's right, fascinating. Right. So you like Cody Ford and Dillard if they slip a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm just thinking because those two guys, you know, I don't know what Dillard's stock is. It seems to be all over the place. Obviously, he could be the top pass protector in this draft, and that's that's – nothing to sniff at um because it's like you said it's it's a passing league and, and the league is going in that direction so that to me is a big trump card for him but i don't know how the nfl is going to look at that because he doesn't have a ton of ton of run blocking snaps in his on his resume um and you know so i think there's sort of this projection there and i don't know where he's going to go and if there's a if there's a run on quarterbacks if there's a run on some other position like these two guys i think could fall so that was yeah those were the two guys i kind of had in mind um you know, potential left. I don't know if Cord, if Cody Ford can play left tackle, but you know, he he played out on the edge at Oklahoma, and so um, mm-hmm. at least he has. Uh, you know, he's projectable as a right tackle for sure. And so, um, yeah, I think those are the two guys I was thinking. Like in terms of a trade up, um, like I said, like the receiver position, the cornerback position, and safety position, I, I think are strong in the second in the second round. So I don't know if they necessarily would trade up for those types of guys. If you have an edge that falls far um that's always about, something to keep in mind but what, yeah. what about uh the, the plausible name that keeps coming up around here due to a uh, multitude of factors obviously the brown signed sheldon richardson who they like have him for two years at the minimum they have larry Joby, who they have invested in and love too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the idea of uh, the player that everybody has mixed emotions about which is jeffrey simmons do you think that oh is, yeah that's is a good worth, one is worth entertaining if you could get him maybe here's where i'm at i would sit and stay at 49 i've been very vocal about that and if he falls in your lap that's a home run but there is the idea the notion that that extra year that fifth year uh that a first round pick offers would make some sense for them because they could sure. sort of treat treat that like a retro year do you think simmons is worth that hype or do you where do you have him on your and your board uh, I believe he's he's in the top ten for me. I really like him as a player. I think he's um, very powerful, you know, very quick, and you know, pushes the pocket. He's a very good run defender. I, I really like him. Um, I think obviously the um, the history with the assault of a woman and get him having an ACL injury are, are huge, um, you know, whatever like detriments to his stock. And so trading up for him is. Whenever you're trading up, you're giving up a lot, right? Like teams are not mm-hmm. going to do that for free because you're you're moving back from potentially really you know high impact players. Um, trading up to get a to to get a player with already a couple red flags like that, I think is 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 risky. But I think he you know football only. I think he's very very good player. Um, he kind of reminds me of Fletcher Cox, just as his mm-hmm. power, 
um, the the leverage that he plays with, the upper body power that he plays with, um, foot quickness, everything. I think he he's potentially going to be a very very good defensive tackle, but um, he's the kind of guy who I think it makes more sense for a team to like grab him in in the late first round uh, when they're sitting there rather than having someone trade up for him. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge point of contention that I think that the Browns are going to be, I, I at least think they're weighing it. They obviously brought him in for a meeting, so it's yeah. it's on their radar. They they are going to weigh that, whether maybe somebody like Seattle or New England late in the first round makes some sense. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be fascinating. That's one of the few names. I I haven't considered offensive tackles a move-up spot, but I think if the right guy's there and you really want him and you want to get you know, somebody to replace Hubbard after next year or some, you know, both their tackles are done, con- contractually done after after 2019. So it's in, it's a okay. more important position than people want to think. So, you know, there's yeah. the idea of Greg Little, uh, you know, the Yanni Kajust, those types that are there um, round two, round three. I just kind of writing on those guys. I'm going to try to get something out this weekend. But I, any, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll jump to here. I want to do some Twitter questions. One of the Twitter questions came from uh, – um, it looks like here, Dog Pound Ireland, man. This this Cleveland fan base stretches. There everywhere. we go. Yeah, there we at, go. John, at John Cahill underscore IRL. Thanks for the question, <laughs> man. So it is, are there any tackle projects late, uh, maybe, I don't know, late as in day three, four, five, six, seven, that you think are yeah. interesting? So I think the first guy that comes to mind, and, and you actually just mentioned uh, Yadni Kajust. I don't know what his stock is at this point. Like, I can't get it, can't seem to kind of figure out where he's going to land. If he's a... If he falls to day three, you know, I'm talking like in the 70s, 80s, um, that range, I think he'd be a very good guy to kind of grab. I think he has, uh, I'll put it this way, he has left tackle feet. He, he's raw, um, yep. and he, and he kind of like leans a little bit too much, which which can be hard to coach out. But I, I really like just kind of his athleticism, his length, um, his, his temperament. I, I like a lot about him. Um, so he'd be a guy to kind of keep in mind if he falls. Um, and then the other guy that I like, I don't know if he can play on the left necessarily, but Chuma Adoga of USC, he played on the left at the senior bowl and I think he played really well. He kind of like showed, um, I think he's a former five-star recruit, kind of showed why he was so highly sought after coming out of high school. Um, you know, he's got really, really good, like smooth athleticism. He's not like, you know, he's not like explosive, but he can just kind of move laterally really, really quickly. And I like his feet and everything. I said he he did a really good job on the right side of the line for USC. Um, you know what we've heard on, on Twitter and things like that. There's some coachability concerns. Um, he did get ejected from a game a couple of years ago for making contact with an official. So there's some like maturity questions and things like that. But um, he was the overall practice player of the Senior Bowl. I think he showed out. Yet he, he has good length, a little bit short for for a tackle, but. Um, I think there's a lot of very good traits there, and he could be def- I think he could be available in like the third round. So um, he's a guy that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, Adoga is, is is really fun. Helped his stock. You're right about that. I didn't get to the Senior Bowl, but I read a lot of stuff in law. I watched as much as I could, and um, he competed like he like he the way he was competing was really impressive to me. Yeah, and overcome some injury issues and. Uh, um, Early in his career, I just didn't think he was a very good football player, but he's, he's matured. I think that there's something there. I think, like you said, sure, yeah, yeah, fourth, fourth, fifth round, he's 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 worth. Uh, I think he's certainly worth taking a flyer on. And then, like I said, you know, James Campen's done a great job since his Green Bay days of sort of taking projects at tackle and making it work out. At least giving him a, a lotto ticket makes some sense to me. Um, 
another, like you said, Yannick Juice, great. That's a great analysis, man. The feet are phenomenal. Some of the better feet at the position in the entire draft, but the technician stuff, how he handles balance is kind of strange. That's a good point. I, I, I'd be interested in Kajus. I know that he didn't pro football focus wise grade out as consistently as you would like him to, but as a guy who can, who can just sort of, you know, maybe pick up a tip from Joel Batonio or just learn things from people around him and then take mm-hmm. the, the guidance of, um, and he worked, he, he played under a really good, I can't remember the offensive t- the line coach at West Virginia, but he has such a great, uh, at least a great track record of making technical uh, yeah. blockers in, t- in terms of how their technique works, all that stuff. I can't remember his name. It's, it's evading me. But, um, you know, James Campbell could help in that situation. So those are some fun names to keep an eye on. Uh, another question from Dogpen Ireland again here. What wide receiver late? The Browns obviously traded for Odell Beckham. They're set. Their top four receivers are really – um, probably as good-ish as anybody in the league, I would say. And and, and the, the interesting thing to me is if they want to take one late. They have Damian Ratley they drafted last year. They have Derek Willies out of Texas Tech who had that one pop game against the Ravens before he had an unfortunate collarbone break. So they need something. A wide receiver may be late to compete. Necessarily need. They got guys I think could be the fifth, sixth type. But if you see anybody late rounds they've had penny hart in penny hart was fantastic in the senior bowl and then had a terrible terrible testing (laughs) yeah that was weird Uh, it was very weird so they i don't know they're at least interested in him any other names late that you think they could take sixth seventh uh, round area uh sure yeah i think like you know again i don't know i don't have a good finger on the pulse in terms of a lot of these guys as like actual stock i think you know gary jennings from west virginia he might be a mid or mid-round guy but he's he's super athletic i think he offers some kind of some upside there and just, you know, just his foundation and athletic and, and size and everything like that, I think. And he showed some stuff on film that I thought was impressive. Uh, I liked hard at the senior bowl. Like you said, he was, he was very impressive. I mean, he was very quick, uh, making plays. It was really surprising to be honest when, when he, um, tested so poorly, uh, Stanley Morgan from Nebraska, I think mm-hmm. is an interesting player. Um, you know, he came in, I think he was like the guy at Nebraska and, Obviously, they had some some quarterback kind of like turmoil over the past couple of years, but um, he's got some like really impressive like one handed catches um, on his tape. I think he's just kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Um, let's see who else. The other guy that I I don't again I don't really know what his actual stock is, but Deontay Johnson from Toledo I thought was really interesting. Um, he might be again a, a little bit of a mid round guy like fourth fifth sixth, but um, I think he's quick. Uh, good hands, um, you know, able to separate on his own, which is, is really important. He's a good route runner. Um, so he's he's another guy that I, I kind of like in that range a lot. Yeah, I think that the idea was when it when it first shook out with the early in the draft season that the Browns were going to look for somebody who could be sort of a, a late-round guy that Terry McLaurin was the ideal spot because that guy's a, an absolute animal. Totally. And as a special teams ace, a gunner he was at Ohio State, and then, you know, his his radar – uh, stock is shot up you know he's yeah he's like potentially bull. a second rounder now or yeah. something like that so which is crazy so um that'll be interesting there'll be some udfa guys i think that they might be interested too but keep those names mm-hmm. in mind guys last question i had was a safety question because i still think safety is very much in play like we mentioned earlier mark yeah. wozniak which is at mark underscore woz mark woes says is there anyone in the same class as chauncey gardner johnson in the round two range as far as nickel uh, sort of that hybrid nickel safety position goes. So somebody who could play just mm-hmm. regular base, uh, four two five stuff, but could also be that big nickel you need as well. Anybody in in mind there? The guy that comes to mind for that is Darnell Savage from Maryland. I think he's, um, 
he's in the same sort of mode as Gardner Johnson. I think he 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 played over the slot quite a bit. Um, he's a downhill guy, I think, a little bit more. So like I I don't know for sure if he's he's got the the fluidity to you know carry receivers, carry slot receivers and things like that. But I think um, the way that he anticipates plays, he he flies downhill and, and kind of like you know he makes a ton of tackles in the backfield. He's got good ball skills good instincts he's very fast he's extremely athletic um very physical uh his his brand of football is just really fun i think um i i'd want to see it like a little bit more kind of like in his fluidity and, and stuff like in coverage when he's going backwards um but i think he's a very good player he has a potential to be a very good kind of like big nickel slot slot cornerback slot slot safety type guy Love Savage. Think he's good, man. That's a good point. And I love Amani Hooker. I've been I've been very high on him too. Him too. Yeah, him. that's a great point. Yeah. Um, just slot guys, guys that can play a ton of you know. And I thought that I thought Amani was was really similar in terms of snap count total to, um, you know what uh, names evading me. Miami's draft pick, Alabama kid. Oh, Where's Fitzpatrick. God, yeah, Minka. He played a really similar <laughs> role at Iowa that Minka did at Alabama, there you kind go. of playing yeah. all over the place. So, it'll be fascinating. I think that that's a good thing that the Browns have to take a safety because this is the right draft to take a safety. So, um, I looks here like mock draft 4.0 for you, Danny. Came out April second. You got another one too. How many more are you doing before the? Yeah, draft? we got mock draft 5.0. I don't know why we do. I don't know why any, why people do it the .0 thing, but yeah, we got mock like draft 4.5. five. <laughs> No, we got mock my fifth mock draft. Put it that way, yeah. um, coming out on Monday, I believe. So that'll be updated with kind of the latest scuttlebutt and kind of latest connections. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I'll have another one right before the draft. But yeah, two more going on. Good deal, man. Good deal. So guys, keep an eye out for mock draft 5.0 and 6.0 <laughs> heading into the draft. If you're not if you're not already reading Danny's stuff, you need to be. He does a great job, uh, not just on the draft, but NFL fantasy, all that all that good stuff. Um, he co-hosts uh, the the Dynasty Football Podcast too. If you give that a listen, it was Dantasy. Uh, yes, it's a oh Dantasy. Ter- my bad. Terrible pun. <laughs> it is is very punny. My bad. I, I, I missed that. <laughs> no, no. So listen to him, man. He's got good insights. He's going to make you a better info fan. If you're not reading the Ringer, something's wrong with you. It's a great site, and then they have tons <laughs> of great podcasts too. So, uh, Danny, my man, thanks for for taking a little bit of your time here and and, and joining us here on a Thursday night. Of course, I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will be back uh, next week. We're going to have another mock draft video on YouTube, that fun stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We will return with that uh, with a couple new guests. We will have another um, offensive line preview next week that we'll do with a significant focus on just those players. If you have anything you need, questions, answered, uh, podcast ideas, shoot them, shoot them over on at Browns Film BDN. We'll always take those. And then if you guys get an opportunity, leave us a, a review, five stars, all the way down to one star. Just tell me your thoughts, and that means a lot that you're listening. I appreciate everything, guys. And as usual, go Browns. <laughs>